listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am Samael. Welcome to a special episode. Episode 89. It'll never let you go. Uh, no, it won't. <laughs> and it's It either, did. It already did. It's either a good or a bad thing. I almost wish I could forget about it. But in today's Spoiler episode... Spoiler alert. Maybe... Maybe not. Um, but today's episode, we're going to be reviewing the 2020 version of The Grudge. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's already been a lot of you know reaction to this movie. And I mean, it's been the first big movie of 2020 so far, at least in horror. Mrs. Matheson. <laughs> Although, we'll talk about her, but... Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about The Grudge. It's the first big theatrical horror film released this year. Uh, and that's coming up a little bit later in our main segment. And then we're also going to be kind of going over the year in general. What our thoughts are, what we want to see, what we don't want to see, etc. Yes. And that's going to be a good discussion. It's the first episode of 2020 Samael. Grave Discussions is back. And we're going to be here for a long time. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited too, but I'm also not looking forward to the slew of remakes that are going to be thrown up out of the mouth of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it. I mean, this is basically one of them, uh, but we're going to get into that. As always, we have to start out with uh, the news, but before that, a big shout out to Sports Radio Detroit and everybody, including uh, our fans. One in particular today, we do have to shout out meaty manwich yes brian carbono thank you bro for the horror care package he gave us jason goes to hell soundtrack Shaun of the dead figures the blair witch pc game land of the dead pc game Pumpkinhead pc game uh land of the dead fright night and creep show mm -hmm. soundtracks on vinyl and as well as a bunch of hd dvds a lot and of stuff yeah. jack the ripper collectible figure Thank you so much. Now I got a lot more hockey masks to make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to we're going to, you know, show you the same kindness that you showed us. Of course. And thank you so much. I mean, you're one of our greatest fans, but our fans in general are just the greatest, so thank you. Yes. And uh, of course, SRD, you can find those guys on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search for uh, Sports Radio Detroit. You can also check out sportsradiodetroit.com, and I believe that we're still doing a cool thing with uh, Fanatics, where you can buy Detroit uh, sports, you know, merchandise, and uh, you can do all that. Helps out SRD, so go check them out too. Yes, yes. And now, time to get into the news. It's a new year. Uh, we didn't do an episode last week because of the new year, so there's been a lot going on. This first one. Another Stephen King thing. So, um, they're releasing Jerusalem's Lot, and uh, which is like the prequel to Salem's Lot, from what I've heard. Yeah. And um, Adrian Brody is going to be in it. 
Um, he was good in high school. That's the number one movie I remember him from. Because <laughs> okay. I went to go see that movie absolutely baked. And, like, the movie is made to watch while you're baked. That's okay. the only way, like, you fully can understand that movie is if you're so stoned that you don't even know if you have hands. Wow. So I mean, yeah, he's, he's a gonna, great actor. So yeah. he's going to be in this. Uh, I don't know how to feel because they're just literally, like, the past few years, they've just been throwing Stephen King adaptations at us, but... Yeah. It's cool that he's making it to the super Hollywood mainstream and people are beginning to if they already hadn't recognize him as one of the most powerful entities in horror if not of all time. Yeah, it's super cool. I I love Count, Count Barlow. Um, yes. And I think he is one of the coolest vampires for sure. Adrian Brody is also awesome. Uh, I've seen him in a lot of stuff, but uh, most recently I kind of know him from uh, Predators, and he was in uh, some even newer things, I think. But uh, I'm pretty excited for this project. I, I really can't get enough Stephen King in the first place. There is a lot of it there coming is. out. They need to remake the Langoliers if they're going to make remake anything. That would be cool. We've got The Stand coming up as well. So there's a lot of Stephen King in the works and already pretty much on tv well speaking of stephen king yeah they're also bringing carrie back for like what a mini series now apparently so yeah so um jerusalem's lot was going to be with epics so fx is bringing carrie now yeah and they said they wanted to either have a person of color or trans be carrie because it would more make more sense nowadays since you know those are the people that more than likely get targeted for bullying and all that stuff right i mean that's the thing you know people expect remakes to be like super uh close to like the source and stuff like that exactly and sometimes that works but it doesn't work nowadays who's bu- yeah. who's bullying the the short quiet blonde girl whose mom is religious yeah, not really nobody not really anybody i mean there's still like meanies and bullies out there in the world of course at least it's not like 80s bullying where they'd be like ah, yeah. oh, let's pull a prank on him and they pour acid on you haha nerd yeah but you know like old horror movies that had to deal with like social issues oh yeah that kind of stuff adapts best when it's contemporary yeah child's play was the exact same thing people were pissed off that it wasn't like a possessed doll but you know that was like a scary thought in a child's mind i think at at that time now it's ai now it's like robots and ai and all that shit the one movie that now more more than the 80s i would say like like matters for like what's going on in society they live oh yeah i think that would be I don't think it would be good to remake that because it would literally just be the same thing now. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it wouldn't be quite the same, like, 80s cheesiness, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, Rowdy Rowdy Piper is... He's just a character, man. But uh, but that's a whole other discussion. I would still like to see it because I I think it would be cool. But I am kind of interested in Carrie as well. I'm uh, excited to see how they're going to, like, adapt with, you know, the kind of socio-political type of stuff in this one but fx is bringing that in hopefully this year as well and then this last article is i i just saw it today so it's brand new and i'm actually kind of excited about it we were talking about charmed earlier and this article actually like reminded me of that for some reason because we're going to be seeing uh, a brand new dracula inspired series called the brides which just got a pilot order from ABC and is coming from the creator of Riverdale. And it's going to be super erotic from what I read. Yeah. That was their intention. 
it's gonna be horror, but it's gonna be like erotica. <laughs> I get it, because I mean, a lot of vampire stuff is kind of seductive anyway. It is, when yeah. You, when you've got the brides of Dracula, like, as long as it's not like Twilighty. Well, I don't think it's gonna be Twilighty, but since it is from the creator of Riverdale and also Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, it's gonna have, I think, that dark tone to it, and it probably will be like very adult, but. It, it's also kind of kind of be a little like fantastical and a little more geared toward like the young adult range. That makes sense. I mean, you know, but I think that's fine. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to make the prize of Dracula like 22 year olds. Oh yeah. No, you know, they're going to be older than that. I'm sure. So I'm, I'm excited for it and I like vampire stuff. So I'm a little biased, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. ABC I think is okay, but not a lot of their shows know. stand out to me. So, Think about yeah. the budgetary constraints because yeah. it's ABC, though. <laughs> yeah, and depending on how many episodes they uh, film as well. Should have got picked up by Prime, but what do I know? I think that would have been perfect for it. I think so, too. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see what happens with that one. Now we've got a couple trailers to go through. One that I left off that just dropped as well, uh, but I still want to mention it because I guess it's kind of bigger. I don't know. But Brahms The Boy 2. I don't oh, know if you've seen shit. It. I've heard. Yeah. So the uh, sequel to, I think, 2016's The Boy, starring Lauren Cohen. With the dude in the walls? Yes. Um, and she's from Walking Dead, role. right? She plays Maggie. Yeah, but she's not coming back for this one. This one has uh, Katie Holmes, I think. What the fuck? Where has she been? After that divorce with Tom Cruise and like <laughs> the cult of Scientology going after her ass, most likely. Yeah. She's just been in the shadows. I don't know, dude. Um, unfortunately, I forget. Uh, what date it comes out but i think it's very soon it's either like january or february so that's exciting but this first actual trailer here is for uh netflix's lock and key and that just dropped today actually yeah a lot actually so a few of these dropped today you yeah. were you were on that shit so like mm-hmm. his family moves in with their like dad and mom into this big ass house castle thing yeah they start to find keys and unlock these worlds and shit and then something evil is also after the keys. So that's the premise. It looks great. Uh, more, It's more like a dark fantasy, what yeah. it seems like. Because it seems super adventurous and really like... not re- like, like tonally, it was not like super heavy with the horror elements. It was like super subtle. So, so here's the thing, actually. I just want to interject because I, I also read some stuff on it today. It's based off of a comic book series, well, a graphic novel series by Joe Hill, who oh. is Stephen King's son. And apparently there's like a huge cult following for the graphic novels because it's like a masterpiece, I guess, which I can believe, you know, Uh, but there were people that were saying like the show doesn't really match the tone of the graphic novels because the graphic novels seem much darker, much more horror skewed, whereas the show kind of feels a little more like young adult almost. Like some Del Toro shit. Yeah, I actually was thinking about... Uh, you know, when I was watching the trailer, comparing it to the house with the clock in its walls or whatever that movie that was. Jack Black with, movie. Jack Black, yeah. It kind of had almost that same tone to it, but it looks like there's going to be like blood and shit like that. So uh, I'm hoping we get some good horror elements as well, but it does look good. Yeah. Yeah, it did look good. It's just, like I said, dark fantasy, mm-hmm. not super dark as most horror movies yeah. nowadays. I mean, you have to like really make this for everybody you know oh yeah for netflix definitely so just a dash of horror will attract some horror fans mm-hmm. the coming of age thing with the kids will attract the kids 
yeah. and then you know just being joe hill will attract the joe hill fans yeah and you know i don't really think i've ever seen netflix put out a netflix movie that's been like really hardcore like no. it's pretty much all stuff that anybody can watch well that was fucking crazy that was yeah, probably <laughs> one of the best movies of that year mm-hmm. that shit was bad shit that's probably the most hardcore thing netflix ever released that's true now they just need to release serbian film <laughs> uh, no no <laughs> please okay. no you save dude, that for that two would be beat. hilarious dude. just having a bunch of people complain that's like the it's first just, thing that it's the most fun it's the craziest movie ever released on netflix you know there are gonna be people out there who are like ah, i was so boring like 20 minutes and i turned it off yeah it's like man all right good i'm sure <laughs> you, you did yourself um but yeah no uh, i'm fine with it i think it looks good i i like this type of fantasy stuff anyway so i'm here for it february 7th on netflix next up a really big one probably the biggest one here uh a quiet place part two march 20th coming out in theaters yep and uh the mother and the kid or whatever like they're uh wandering and shit and then they happen upon this group of people who are like good guys and bad guys and yeah we're probably gonna see some walking dead apocalyptic type shit i already don't like it i'm not gonna lie uh yeah the first one was cool because it really just centered like on this family you know, and it was just at, at like their house and everything and showed how they lived and adapted to surviving amongst these monsters or whatever. Um, but yeah, this one definitely feels a little more generic strictly because the premise is like walking more dead. walking dead. Like, yeah. So if they do something a little bit different and interesting, I think it'll still be cool. Like I'm still invested in the whole monster angle. Like I want to know what they are, like where they came from, etc. And yeah, I guess it depends on on what they do with the sound here. Like this one already had like more fucking gunshots in it in just the trailer yeah. than I think the first movie had like at all. So yeah, we'll see. But I, I'm I still want to see it. So uh, March twentieth in theaters. The last one actually is probably the thing I'm most excited. That's about. exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, and it's the woman in the window. So this woman who's scared to leave her house. She's agoraphobic. Uh, she has one of the neighbors come by, then her neighbor gets killed, and then her husband comes by with his pseudo-wife. It's like, oh, this is your neighbor. You've never met your neighbor. And then they're like, stay out of your neighbor's business, and you see people, like, breaking into her house. And, like, the police are in on it, I think, and it just looks like a fucking ride. Yeah, it really does. So Amy Adams stars in this one, and it's going to be directed by Joe Wright, who also did Hannah in Darkest Hour. Um and it, this one definitely is a little bit more thriller, but definitely some horror elements in there with the lighting, especially very moody and creepy a lot of the time. And then Amy Adams character, you know, there's this whole like angle where she's kind of questioning her own sanity, like whether she actually saw these things or not. So that part is cool. Um, I've seen people compare this to like rear window sort of because yeah. like the voyeurism and, and, you know, the whole like crime angle and everything like that. Um, which I can kind of see. So, and I love Rear Window. So, uh, I am actually really interested in this one. And every time I see Amy Adams in something, she kills it. So, I, I already know it's going to be good. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that one's coming out May fifteenth in theaters. Go check it out. Let us know if you're uh, really excited or not excited about any of the news we talked about. But one last thing here, guys, we do have a few messages from some other SRD shows. So stick around, we'll be right back. 
All right, Fred. So the people at Sports Radio Detroit want us to cut a promo for Parsons and Slow. I want them to cut me a check for Parsons and Slow. Well, um, I've I've Googled some keywords, and I'm going to uh, put them here in a promo. So so here it goes. Ready, Fred? Yeah, uh, analytics away. Parsons and Slow. We have the content consumers crave. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, anywhere else that podcasts are available or will kill you. We won't really kill you. Just listen to our podcast, brand new, every Friday on Sports Radio Detroit. Okay, I'm ready to do the promo. Oh, that was it. Do you love pop culture? Discussions about pop culture? Ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other? I, ju- I mean, I do think Flea's a good bass player. He does what he does very well. And like I said, he's he's a he's like a rock star, you know. He's eccentric. What is so funny? What I just didn't like? know he talked so long about Flea. I, d- I didn't know anybody I had so many just, feelings. I do. So many. I got feelings. feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Music, movies, television, food, sports, pro wrestling. We are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean, or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. Over under fair, your final word in pop culture relevance. And welcome back, Gravers. So, as promised, on today's episode, we are going to be reviewing the first uh, real, like, big horror film of 2020, Nick Pesci's The Grudge. Oh, we sure will be reviewing it. (laughs) Yeah, we sure will be. So, first things first, I want to get out of the way, just, like, the, the background, the premise, you know, what this movie is, real quick. So... Uh, this one coming out of Sony Pictures, The Grudge, of course, is uh, a long-standing horror franchise now. It's at, like, fucking 12 movies or some, I don't know, some crazy number like that. It started off, of course, in Japan, not with uh, Juwan The Grudge, but actually with Juwan, I, I think The Curse yes. was the first one. So The Grudge is actually part three of the franchise. They remade it in 2004, of course, followed up by some sequels that nobody really liked. And now we have this one. Yeah, and this one, like, ties the curse all the way back, a la Sinister style, Mm -hmm. saying every incident is related and it all stems from, like, the same curse. And yeah, there's only one Asian person in the movie, which (laughs) kind of threw me off, and it's Harold from Harold and Kumar. Oh, my God, yeah. John Cho. And uh, kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's what kind of was missing from the creepy element for me. Uh, is just American ghosts. Um, yeah. the whole Asian ghost thing was fucking terrifying. I remember when me and my friend Conrad watched the original Grudge back in like what oh four when we were about like ten eleven years old, and that shit was fucking crazy. We were just sitting there eating ramen noodles. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we watching right now? <laughs> like the American one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even that one, I just watched it the other day, like, again. It, it, it still it holds up, honestly. It does. Like, it's not one of the worst remakes ever. It's I th- probably pe- one of the best, actually. Yeah, people were just caught up. People have always been caught up with just hating remakes just by nature of, like, what they are. Which, you know, isn't really, like, feasible, I think. Because look at The Thing. Look at The Fly. Look at Evil Dead. Like, there's so many good horror remakes Friday out the there. 13th was actually good I don't, yeah. I don't care what anyone says that was better than almost yeah. all of the sequels but this one I almost would have preferred if it was just 
another fucking remake and they made it you know in a japanese setting bro this this wasn't it like, didn't even feel like the grudge that was the big thing with me yeah. they might as well call it boo haunted house yeah so it's supposed to be like i i saw it referred to as an interqual or some shit like that it, it's supposed to take place during the events of the uh 04 and 06 films but it barely feels like it actually has any ties to those at all so first of all i don't even know what the fuck this movie is but i wanted to start off with the good stuff because I, yeah, if, if you haven't figured it out yet like we mostly feel negatively about this but film. but s- the lighting was kind of crappy at, I mean, at times yeah. but the cinematography was fucking wonderful dude yeah i think the cinematography was fine like it was especially like the first 20 minutes it was just shot so well mm-hmm. and then it just like they just made it like super simplistic after yeah. that like, i mean it, it had blockbuster cinematography which is not necessarily a bad thing at all no you know for horror like i guess nowadays if you just go to like the movie theater to watch horror movies it all kind of looks the same more or less but i think this one actually did it well i think it, it captured uh all the scenes i mean in a good way i didn't like the lighting and stuff that much so that's that's that yeah there were scenes guess, where like we we couldn't camera even, work was good we couldn't even see like the main character's face yeah like i even you remember when i turned over and i whispered to you i was like yo this lighting is ass yeah yeah and i i really thought it was too and like the color grading was bad it was just that gross yellow yeah i guess I, we're talking about the bad shit but I, I i still appreciated the cinematography in this movie because it was just like it wasn't masterful but it was good yeah and then add the really cool practical effects yes for the most part so the ghosts i didn't no. think it was all that impressive acting though yeah the, the ghosts just looked like dirty people yeah D- dirty american people like yeah, that's like it bums yeah so i i didn't particularly care for that like you know the white face with the the black you know eyeshadow and shit like that and just whatever like okay maybe it's a little cheesy on like your fourth rewatch of the grudge but it was still effective this one i didn't really like the the makeup but the gore scenes and pretty much every other practical effect was was great yeah everything in that aspect was done well yeah the acting was really good too the pacing now let's talk about the pacing now that we've got pretty much the only good stuff like we've done the good (laughs) Yeah. cinematography practical effects mm-hmm. and acting top notch good yeah. job yeah we, good. we commend you now let's talk about the pacing god damn it making this movie mystery style <laughs> you know what i hate what i really hate mm-hmm. when there's a mystery in the movie mm-hmm. but we know what's going on and they don't uh, it makes yeah. it seem like their exploration has no point mm-hmm. since the movie is trying to the audience is us so why are you showing us a mystery that we already know the answer to right you know what i mean (sighs) yeah no it's it's kind of dumb i didn't like that they see that's they just revealed too much in too many spots in this movie you're exactly right we already knew what was going on in like the original movie and the 04 remake it told us what the curse was what the grudge was and someone dies in a rage yeah but we didn't actually know about um sayako's like history no or any of that stuff um so we had to figure that out along with 
the the main characters you know exactly this one we pretty much like know what the fuck happened and it's just showing us what happened all the scares were telegraphed too but that also is attributed to the pacing and and the editing i just thought it was terrible it's like this movie was trying to take like the meanest shit of its life it's just like all right we just got to get to the end let's just do this for five seconds throw in a scare do this for 10 seconds throw in a scare or like telegraph a scare with somebody walking by in the background clear as day you're like oh okay well now i know that something's coming yeah or just like the straight 20 minutes of nothing happening with foreboding music yeah it was either just action 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 or 20 minutes of the, the, the detective talking to you know the other detective or something stupid and happening. Then the like, thing is like i know they wanted to do character development so we know who she is yeah. but like it was just like her husband died cancer ah okay and yeah. that's it that was pretty much it that was like her whole character <laughs> now she gets wrapped up in the grudge and that's that's essentially it and trying to figure out what happened with the people who lived in that house of course but we already know what happened to them so it was kind of all over the place like trying to juggle so the grudge has always juggled timelines yes it's always been non-linear and people know that but i think the original movie still did a pretty okay job at allowing us to follow them this one i could follow what was going on but it just felt clumsy because it was three separate timelines with different characters but in separate years as well. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it worked. The pacing also made the movie seem longer than it was. This movie was what, about an hour and a half, right? Yeah. It felt like we were in that movie theater for just as long as we were in there for Midsummer. I know. I mean, so everything felt very frantic and fast paced to me in a lot of this movie. But yeah, it felt really dragged out. Because it's just like, all right, what more can possibly happen in the story right now? And should I even care? Is That's how I was feeling anyway. And then the ending, I'm not going to say what it was. You go see this movie for yeah. yourself, even though I don't recommend <laughs> I it. I strongly advise against it. But like the ending made the whole movie seem pointless. And yeah. I'm, and I'm all for endings where bad shit happens. But like the way it ended made it seem like there was resolution. And then it did the stereotypical shit of like, psych, you didn't get rid of the ghost. It's like, yeah, no shit. Everyone knew that. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's pretty much just a given at this point because they have to hint like a sequel, even though I'm not sure that this movie is going to get one, honestly, but I didn't like the ending very much at all. Um, And I'm just surprised. Like there was, I think all the, the pacing and everything like was just so bad and it ruined the, the suspense. Like there was no tension in this movie. And again, I don't know if it's because you just can't see shit or if they, they telegraphed everything or if it was just too poorly edited or just a mixture of all those things. But I was never really like nervous or on edge or anything like that. There were a couple scenes that had potential, but I don't know, man. I think that the studio butchered this movie because they were like, all right, just give them a lot of scares and do the whole brah, yeah with their head shaking <laughs> and the camera shaking i hate that shit so much and it's just like you know it's pushing in on the camera also add creepy uh, little girls yeah yeah and they they didn't use the the yowl effectively either like mm-hmm. the cat meow they didn't use that very effectively at all you know and i yeah i just didn't get an actual scary atmosphere from two out of five a movie that's supposed to be scary i i did one out of five 
four because out of, I was just four really disappointed. And I'm I'm especially disappointed because I like the director yes. beforehand. Nicholas Pesci is actually a great director. I've seen. Did he uh, write the, it though? That's the problem. Did he write it? I don't I think, think he, he did, but he again there was probably outside influence. I think because like the eyes of my mother was fantastic. I don't know if you've seen it, but that was one he did. It was black and white, like brutal, visceral. That's what I wanted this movie to be, and it was brutal at times, but it, it wasn't visceral. It was just it was just dark visually, but not really like dark. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. So uh, again, I don't know if if you know somebody nudged him in the shoulders like make this faster, make this pop up here or whatever. Honestly, but it, probably it feels like it because he at least can exhibit some patience and and add some artistic flair. I wasn't really feeling that from this movie. It just felt kind of like soulless. I yes, don't know how else to yes. describe it. Felt like it was very uninspired. Mm-hmm. This was just like the way I felt about this movie is the same way I felt after we went to go see Curse of La Llorona. Oh yeah, it's the same movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we shit on that movie too. So. <sighs> Yeah, I'm very disappointed. I mean, I wasn't expecting much out of The Grudge, but I was expecting a little bit better. Was, and just, we didn't get it. Just as a big fan of Juwan and shit, mm-hmm. I was super let down. I don't know, man. Like, it's because they, I think it's definitely because they Americanized the ghosts and made them look like bums. Yeah. I, yeah, I just think that there was no actual suspense in this movie. And the story wasn't just coherent enough for me to care about it, so... Yeah, that's fair, too. I, I really didn't even end up caring about any of the characters. I mean, Lin Shay's character was kind of cool. She, she was the best one in there. She was crazy Lin Shay. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. She played a better crazy role in Dead End, though. So Yeah, I agree with that. But she was cool in this movie. Other than that, I didn't really care about too many of the characters. Like, her husband uh, as well was... He was he was cool. I like him generally uh, as an actor. But, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed. But I hope that Nick Pesci can move on and do something else that is good. Um, but maybe he needed to stay in the indie scene. I don't know. But uh, I don't have anything else to say about the grudge. Do you want to say anything else? My mom told me if you don't have anything nice to say, <laughs> don't say anything at all. But fuck that. This movie sucked. Um, yeah, I can't Fair. wait for the next big release that disappoints me. I'm sure there will be uh, many, unfortunately, but... Uh, that's what we think about the grudge let us know what you guys think about it uh, we're going to give you all our social media information at the end of the episode but if you're not following us yet uh, you should <laughs> so we're going to take a very very brief break here and then we're going to give our kind of overview of horror in 2020 stick around All right, Sam. So a brand new year, a brand new decade as well. So now we're going to have to start tracking our our favorite movies of the decade, I think. But horror in 2020 is uh, very interesting. I think I compiled like a a little list of uh, new releases this year and it's theatrical stuff. It's indie stuff. Some stuff, uh, most of it has a date, but some stuff uh, is kind of TBA right now because it's going to festivals or it just doesn't have a firm release date or something yet, but are probably expected to come out in 2020. So there's a lot of movies and 
I just want to know first off what you want. Well, what what are you expecting to kind of see overall in the genre in 2020? Honestly, unfortunately, uh, in terms of like the paranormal horror, I'm expecting to see the same shit. Yeah, I mean, we already kind of did. Yeah, <laughs> the I mean, grudge. we just did. We just very, saw, very uh, cliche. Which is basically the Curse of La Llorona Part Two. And uh, only thing I'm really excited about is the third Conjuring, which really hope it's better than Annabelle Comes Home, which was just this really isolated, yeah. really just just for fun movie. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want any Blumhouse. Sh- straight to netflix releases like mercy black or anything like that no i'm excited about halloween kills because as we were talking about a lot of people are saying it's like super brutal yeah which i'm really really excited about and you know the return of james jude courtney playing the shape which is arguably the best michael portrayal of michael myers right next to nick castle mm-hmm. and uh honestly another talking point is i'm i don't want to see any more remakes i don't care for them yeah if they come out this year i'm probably not even going to watch them you know i mean when when considering like the the big big movies this year yeah there are a few but i think there's actually a decent number of original films and sequels that are coming out and sequels is debatable i mean i don't really think they're too bad like you know sinisters 2 and stuff like that wasn't the best but I don't usually mind seeing sequels because you can get something like uh, The Stranger's Prey at Night, which actually wasn't bad. No, it wasn't too bad at all. But we are going to see, like, Candyman. That's going to be a remake. I forgot all about that. However, you know, Jordan Peele's attached to it. Got a a fresh new director. Brand new, pretty much, to, like, the genre, if I recall correctly. And I think it's going to be exciting. I think that one will be pretty cool, depending on how creative they kind of get with it. But there is that. Other than that, I I can kind of agree with you. Like, I don't want to... I just don't want to see bad remakes. You know, I don't really have too big of a problem with something getting remade. If it is, you know, a bit older. 30 years now, basically. You know, from the 80s. And if it's good, then, yeah, I'll watch it. The Evil Dead? Great, I'll watch it. Oh, yeah, like, I heard uh, Sam Raimi wants to make another Evil Dead movie. Yeah. If Bruce Campbell came back as Ash, that was the only if. He's like, I would love to direct it. I would love to see Bruce Campbell return as Ash. Because the last time we even saw him make an appearance as Ash was on Dead by Daylight. Mm -hmm. They brought in his character and his actual voice. I think at this point, if they did it... And I don't don't really think we're going to see it this year. So I'm still kind of hesitant to talk about it. But I love Evil Dead. And I heard this news as well. And, you know, I do want to talk about it. So if they did a last one, I would want Ash to be in it, even a little bit of of an older Bruce Campbell, like in a year or two or something. And he's kind of fighting, but he's training a a successor. And I mean, it should be Mia. Yes. So if that movie happened, I would love for Bruce Campbell to come back. If not, honestly, I guess I'm okay with him retiring because... He's older now, you know, he probably can't do a lot of, like, the physical stuff as well as he could back in the day, obviously. So, you know, he might just not want to do it anymore. He still does the voice for, like, games and stuff like that. But, oh, yeah. Uh, that That's the only movie I would really want to see. Other than that, yeah, I'm excited for Candyman. Some other stuff, eh, not so much. Fantasy Island, technically, 
reimagining, but kind of a remake of the TV series. I really want to see Antlers. I really, yeah. That's too. probably my most anticipated one besides Halloween Kills. Yeah. I'm excited for that probably the most. Followed up by Color Out of Space, which is coming out this month, actually. That's that Nicolas Cage one. Okay, yeah. With the uh, Lovecraftian stuff. What about the one with the kid from Stranger Things? Um, Which kid? Oh, The Turning? Yeah, The Turning. That one looks pretty good, too. Again, that is technically a remake of a movie that are, has come out a couple times. And, of course, of the book. I think the original is called The Turning of the Screw if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It's like a story. It's like a ghost story. But this this movie has been done a few times. Uh, so this is like a contemporary version, but it does actually look pretty decent. I don't know. Uh, what is his name? Finn Wolfhard? Yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, he's good. He looks like he's going to be a little creep in this one. So yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, other than that, I'm also excited for the new James Wan Giallo film. Oh, I forgot Malignant. about that. Yeah, that one's coming out August 14th. You probably forgot about it because there's, like, nothing going on with it. Yeah. It's just, like, I think they're filming, if I'm not mistaken. But there haven't been, like, really any, like, actual set photos or really a lot more information than that. So, um, I'm not sure what to expect. So, I'm excited for a trailer, at least. Um, Other than that, yeah, Last Night in Soho is coming out, which is that uh, Edgar Wright horror film which uh seems pretty cool and i'm also excited for possessor which is a kind of relatively unknown indie film that's been doing really well at festivals and it's it's got some kind of like sci-fi twist to it with like people who can enter your mind uh via some technology or something and like possess your body and they use the body to carry out like assassinations and shit like that and uh something happens like some one gets like trapped in a body or something like that. So that one seems good. But there's a, there's actually a lot of like pretty cool stuff coming out this year. And I agree with you. I just don't want to see more bad paranormal films. I think uh, once we get into about like, I want to say like May or June, I think that's when like the horror of this year is going to take a turn and they're going to start releasing like the better films. Yeah, that's completely possible. Uh, we've got some pretty good stuff, I think, for like the last. Oh, the Invisible half of the Man. Year. The Invisible Man is I coming out about that. Uh, soon, actually, February twenty eighth. Oh, we have to go yeah, check that one. But let's see, we've got like Escape Room two coming out the same day as Malignant, followed up by The Conjuring, Last Night in Soho, The Witches remake. Oh shit! Which could be good, um, or it could be total shit, but it could be good. Then Halloween Kills and. Finally, like the last big one, Godzilla versus Kong. Oh god! Coming up. And so you know, less kind of horror, more monster stuff. But I'm I'm into that. So uh, also Ghostbusters Afterlife. There's a new Purge movie, Morbius, which is that uh, Marvel like vampire kind of thing. So yeah, there's some good stuff at the end of the year. I don't know. I'm excited for it. There's also like a few things that don't really have release dates that I'm excited for. The Pale Door, which is like some kind of Western horror thing. I think we talked about it before. And The Collector 3, The Collected. Holy shit. Yeah. That's real? Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. I think we talked about it on the show before. Wow. Yeah, I think they announced it. So, yeah, he's going to be coming back and fighting The Collector for what I assume is the last time. And I liked both of the, you know, 
first two movies. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that one too. So anything else that you don't want to see? I'm going to give everything a chance, honestly. Okay. I was talking about not going to, but I have to. So even if it's a remake. Yeah. I mean, we got to do it for all you guys as well. Um, but w- one thing I actually did want to see more of was more like uh, horror based around like uh, a myth or like urban legend or folktale or something like that. I think those uh, movies are always pretty cool. It depends. Like as long as it's not Slender Man, then I'll I'll accept it. I know that was a nightmare. Jesus Christ! Probably worst horror movie of all time. At least one of them. It's up there with Blood Slaughter Massacre and uh, what was the other one? Slaughterhouse Massacre. Yeah. What's another bad one? Doom Asylum. The Grudge. Killjoy. The Grudge. hereditary like what the fuck (laughs) i watched that yesterday for a third time and it was still great oh i'm sure i'm sure i still have i I haven't watched either ari aster film again but i do want to yeah the the midsummer 4k i'm sure is amazing but uh do you think we're gonna get another movie like midsummer this year i don't think so is is anything really 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 gonna blow up i think unless antlers is incredible that's the only thing i really think would would achieve that kind of level maybe halloween kills if halloween kills is actually good and they don't put those stupid types of characters in it again and don't fuck up the writing then i think it could be really good yeah yeah i agree you know so we'll see i think probably one of those two i don't think the turning is really going to get there i don't think invisible man is yeah I'm, i'm i think color out of space will be really good personally but I don't know if it's going to reach that level. I don't know if it's going to have the, the actual exposure. It might become like the void where it's like this big cult, you know, kind of sci-fi that. thing. I wouldn't mind that either. Cause that was an incredible film. So I am excited for that one. Other than that, I don't know, like a quiet place part two. Eh. It's just taking that walking dead route. So yeah, it, it, it might feel like a little too generic, which, which is my fear. Ghostbusters afterlife. I mean, it's not quite there because it's not going to be like a disturbing film. It could be a big film. I think I think a lot of people are still going to go watch it. But is it going to be as big as the first two? I think that really remains to be seen because this is going to be like a brand new generation of Ghostbusters. I don't know, dude. Last year started off slow with Escape Room and The Prodigy. Yeah. And then it started to pick up. So mm-hmm. maybe like the better horror movies that are going to come out this year haven't even been announced. So it's possible. Yeah. Uh, we've already seen trailers for some stuff, some stuff we haven't yet, but there is a lot to be excited for. And really soon, actually, like this week, uh, on Friday, is uh, Underwater, the new kind of like aliens type underwater film with Kristen Stewart. Uh. We, are, we are going to be doing a review on it, I believe, if we do go see it. And uh, I am actually kind of pumped about that one because it looks like a good movie to just kind of chill out and be entertained by. And I didn't get that with The Grudge. I hope I get it with Underwater. And I hope I continue to get it with a lot of these blockbuster movies. Because as long as it's... If it's, like, good and fun, I'll take it at this point, you know? Yeah, I mean, nothing really scares us. I'm, I'm always on the lookout, though. Like, at least if I'm not scared, I want to be, like, fucked up, like, disturbed or yeah, something. Yeah, like, you know? I don't know. Like, I haven't been grossed out in a minute because I don't like those kind of movies. Yeah, you know that doesn't like just. I I don't feel doesn't tickle like, your fancy. No, I just like I like to be scared. I like to be disturbed. Uh, yeah. 
like to see someone putting a baby in an oven and then eating it <laughs> like something like that some crazy shit like i don't yeah. want to see it in real life but i want to see it in a movie of course that that's fair that's fair I, th- I think a lot of us kind of feel the same way so we'll see what happens i am kind of excited for underwater though but i think we've taken enough time here guys uh that's kind of what we think about 2020 as a whole i'm hoping for a really good year of horror you know there are those persistent lingering kind of annoyances that people have with remakes sequels and just unoriginality i hope this year addresses some of that and gives us some really thought-provoking creative and good horror films and that's really all i can say i think there's going to be some good stuff i hope yeah i just hope i know me too buddy so that i think that's going to wrap it up here for this episode fiends uh give us a shout out on facebook and instagram at grave discussions and on twitter at grave disc srd and be sure to follow us of course you can go check out gravediscussions.net as well for the latest episode and a whole lot more and that's gonna do it here folks so we'll be back uh with our review of underwater most likely yes make sure you tune in for some Kristen stewart bashing or appreciation next week on discussion <laughs> most likely bashing This has been an SRD production.